big boobs, little boobs, curvy, petite, introvert, extrovert, loud, quiet. You, my friend, perfect, exactly the way you are right now. I'm Steph, your host, the big boobed introvert CEO of Confetti Curves, and I'm going to remind you that confidence comes from loving all that you are right now. Shall we get started? Hi, Shan, and welcome to Confident in Your Curves. Thanks, Steph. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so excited that you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? I suppose so. Um, I'm Shan Fitzgerald. Uh, I am a brand strategist and copywriter at a little Brisbane studio called Wild Spark. I basically help product-based and e-com businesses to um, find their voice, find their brand personality, and then how to sort of use that in their communication and to rock it. Oh my God, you totally undersold yourself. You're like the best wordsmith in the fucking world. <laughs> you're biased though, because I was your wordsmith, so you're biased. <laughs> I am a little biased, but you're still amazing. <laughs> Thank you. So tell me, Shan, what do you love most about yourself right now? I'm glad that you just it like you put the right now like I like that you punctuated that because my <laughs> usual response when someone says what do you love about yourself is well that changes from day to day so what I loved about mm -hmm. myself yesterday I probably don't love about myself today <laughs> um right now what I love about myself is the fact that I've set the goal at the beginning of this year not a new year's thingy but just you know my focus for this year was to learn to love my body for what it is now. So last year's focus was learning to like who I am on the inside and like really owning who I am on the inside. Mm. After years of um, teaching while running my business, I was also teaching. And if you know, well, if you know, you know what it's like working for the government, <laughs> you have to mm -hmm. be a certain way. And so for all these years, I had to fit into someone else's box. And so last year I kind of, you know, gave the box a middle finger and I decided to fully <laughs> embrace who I was as a person. And I did that work and I'm fucking stoked with it. So this year's focus was like, right, you've learned to love the inside. So this year I'm like learning to love the outside. And that is a much harder um, task for me. So, yeah. yeah. And like, is this the first time that like, has it always been something in your mind that's kind of like been something that you need to work on? Like, Learning to love myself, like how I look, absolutely. <laughs> oh, honey, I was born in 83, so I was a teenager in the 90s and the late 90s, Ooh. so it was all about Kate Moss, nothing looks, nothing tastes as good as skinny feels, and, you know, I, I've i been fighting. Heroin for, chic. I, exactly. You know, and, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar and all the – Jennifer Love – you know, huge tits and all those girls of, you know, the nineties and they were so stick thin and, you know, I'm, I'm five foot nothing who hasn't grown since 1996 and I'm pear shaped and, you know, I have what I lose in height. I make up for in personality. So I've always been, you know, kind of loud and, um, don't really have a filter in my brain. So it all comes out my mouth and then I've got, you know, the rounder body at the bottom. So, you know, I've, I've always had the the moniker of thunder thighs and stuff like that. So, you know, yeah, like it's always been really difficult. And then I've noticed that through every stage of my life, there's always been, whether it's from 
partners, family, society, jobs, mm. whatever. There's always something that's making me feel really crappy about myself. You know, and it happened when I was pregnant. It happened after I had my baby. And yeah, basically just trying really, really hard to let go of all that, especially because I turn 40 next year and I'm just too tired to give a <laughs> shit about it anymore. So mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> I'm trying really hard. It is hard though. It's really hard. I think, yeah. like, my lowest was definitely after my divorce. Like, I just hit, like, everything oh. smacked me. And it was like, you know, the guy that – the guy. He didn't cheat with a guy. He cheated with a girl. <laughs> and she was tall and she was skinny and she was, like, younger. And it was just, like, I now feel, like, 20 times worse about myself because, like, if I was skinnier, if I was taller, maybe it wouldn't have happened to me. Oh, my God. Steph, can you please get out of my head? Did you live <laughs> the same life as me? Because I went through the exact same scenario, <sighs> blah, 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 the 2009, 2010, with my mm. first husband. Same thing. Cheated on me with... Well, it turns out he'd been cheating on me with a 17-year-old for three years. And then, um, and he was five years older than me and I was 27 when we separated. So you can do the math on that. <laughs> um, and then when he did leave me, he left me for a 19-year-old. And his words to me when I found, he originally lied about her age, said she was 24. When I said... When I found out, and I said, dude, why'd you lie about her age? This was years down the track once we'd, you know, finished all our rah-rah-rahs. And he said, mm -hmm. to be honest, I didn't want you to feel like you'd been passed over for a younger model. And I was oh. just like, mate, talk about a kick in the balls. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's that in your head. Well, if I had been thinner, if my boobs were perkier, if my thighs were, you know, if I had a thigh mm -hmm. gap, always wanted one of those oh if God. if if i was prettier if i did more xyz there's always mm -hmm. there's always that so oh yeah. divorce Ugh. stories my god Divo we've got some all right <laughs> all right <laughs> so i know for me when i like like went through my divorce i spent like a year like eating and just treating myself and completely like losing myself and i had to do a lot of work to even try and figure out who i was again did you find the same kind of thing? Mm. Absolutely. And I'm thinking that you did it the same. How old were you when you had your divorce? 25, 26. Yeah, so I was 27. So, yeah, the same thing. So we had that whole, like, being young, getting divorced young, which, yeah. you know, is it's not ideal, but it's also kind of frowned upon. Like, it, it you know, people don't seem mm. to view it the same way. So... I guess for me, I definitely took the time to, at first I was heartbroken and yeah, treated myself like all I did was live on vodka and cigarettes for probably about a good, oh, I want to say a year, at least a year. Like, and I'm mm. not talking like, huh, I'm serious. Like this wasn't Bridget Jones shit. This was hardcore depression, like popping Xanax. This was before Xanax was a class one drug. So you could still get them like Tic Tacs. So I was just like yeah trying to get through every day because my entire world had been ripped out from under me i'd all i'd known in life was my husband because we got mm. together three weeks before my 18th birthday we got wow. engaged when i was 19 i got married at 22 so you know he had 
shaped my entire worldview, including, in retrospect, my entire view of myself. Um, mm. And so, yeah, when that all got pulled out, like the rug was pulled out from underneath me, I, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what the world was. I didn't know how to move through the world, you know, without that because, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big, it's a big journey. It's a, it's a Isn't it? journey. My God. <laughs> Lots of twists and turns. Lots of curves, one might say. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, when, I, when did you sort of um, pull yourself out of that? Or what was the catalyst ooh. to pull yourself out of that? It took me, so I, we broke up in September of 2016 and it took me until the 1st of January 2017, no, 2018, sorry. So like a year and a bit to just like flick a switch and be like, no, like you are, like I wrote a list of all the things I wanted to achieve that year and I was meant to be spending that New Year's with my sister, but I flew home early and like was like day one, I'm like starting everything and I just like dedicated the year to like being my best self and just yeah it was quite a thing and like now I've kind of like sunken back and just kind of found you know how like you go really hard at something and there's like the where you fall is your default is kind of actually where you naturally sit I think that's where I am now yeah and like we have to because I did something very similar um because when my husband and I separated I was it was at the beginning of 2011 and that was the beginning of my second year of university when I'd gone because mm. I'd left my job previously to go to uni to be a um, to study to be a teacher. Um, and yeah, at the end of my first year, you know, oh my God, I just lost my train of thought. So anyway, we I was on school holidays or uni holidays and he left me at the beginning. It was like January, like New Year's Day kind of thing. Mm. So I had to go back to, um, oh, sorry, Australia Day. Then I had to go back to uni and I'd gone like left uni, you know, at the end of first year being this like happily, supposedly happily married person <laughs> to coming back and I was literally a zombie just walking through classes. And I remember I actually had to go to all my professors like and say to them and have a private conversation and go, look, I need to apologize in advance that if I'm struggling this semester because my husband's just left me. He's taken my house. He's taken everything. Um, he sold my car. He sold everything. Like he has taken everything. And I have a dog. I, me and the puppy are living at my parents' house. And uh, I'm like, you know, trying to make ends meet and, and figure out mm-hmm. what life is. So I apologize. Um, but once I started to come out of that fog, I got through uni. I, I still managed, like, you know, obviously I still managed to do really well and, and all that. But I do remember someone said something to me at uni. That was a, a friend at the time. She said, you know, I know you're heartbroken right now and, and what's happened to you is terrible. She said, but have you ever considered that perhaps this is also an opportunity for you to do all those things that, you know, you never got to do because you were always so focused on him, 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 because I was, you know, the adoring wife. Um, <laughs> she said, like, what what would time look like? What would your life look like if you now did things for you? And, of course, I was like, oh, my God, shocked, terrified, anxious, overwhelmed. <laughs> like, I, I'd never. Um, and she said, why don't you just write down, like, you know, three things? So I was like, okay. So I went home and I wrote down three things and then I kept going and it was 10 and it was 20. And next thing I know, it was like a list of like, I think it was like 80 things I ended up writing. Oh my gosh. This bucket list. And it was like big things like graduate university, uh, study abroad, um, Mm. you know, backpack around Europe on my own, live overseas, get married again or fall in love again. Sorry, it wasn't get married again, but like fall in love again one day and like all these gigantic like fuck off never going to happen things to small things like 
um, buy myself a nice little teapot and learn to drink tea. I had never drunk tea, wanted to learn to drink herbal tea, so I, you know, wanted to do that. And it was things like go take myself out for dinner, like go and take myself on a date and have dinner on my own. I'd never done that before. And take a road trip with friends, just all these tiny little inconsequential things. And so obviously I started off with really, my first one was buy a teapot. I buy the teapot and I did. I bought myself a cute teapot and some strawberry and cream tea and that was my little thing. And gradually I just kept ticking off things over things over things. Um, yeah, and at the end of my three years of single life, because um, I gave myself three years to go get my shit sorted out before I decided mm -hmm. to go anywhere near a real relationship, I had ticked off all those big things I had graduated university I did study abroad I lived in Canada for six months I backpacked Europe on my own for a summer and I did all the big things as well as the little things so and like you threw myself into it like it yeah. was my reason to get out of bed some days Literally. that's amazing and like you've now lived such a life like I love to say that like I've lived life like I haven't just sat on the sidelines you haven't yeah. sat on the sidelines you've participated yeah, and we've got the certificate to prove it. <laughs> I love that. Your divorce certificate. It's a, it's a participation certificate. You exactly. tried. Gave it a go. I love that. Yeah, no, it, it is. I, I, I was the same and I, hadn't, I think I hadn't realised how much I was sitting on the sidelines of life until mm -hmm. I forced myself to go out and do, you know, things in, in the world and, and the things that terrified me. Um, you know, mm. like, God, I remember the night before I was due to fly out to Europe for my, you know, little solo backpacking adventure. And I had the world's biggest panic attack. Like, I mean, mm. almost call the ambulance. Like I was, and I was at my parents because obviously I'd packed everything up because I was going to Europe, coming back for two weeks, getting my American visa and then moving to, then going to America and then moving to Canada. So I, you know, wow. packed up everything. I remember sitting there and I was like, throwing stuff out of my suitcase onto the bed and saying to my mom, like, I'm not going, I'm not going, like, I'm not getting on that plane tomorrow, no fucking way, I can't do this, I can't do this, like, no. And she was just like, you are getting on that plane tomorrow because I know you will regret it if you don't. And and she was right. She was right. And, um, yeah, it was the best experience of my of my life and I'm so grateful I, I did that stuff. But mm -hmm. I'm even more grateful to my ex-husband for leaving me um so that I did get that opportunity you know yeah and like look at the life you have now you have the cutest kid and <gasps> that would have never happened if that like the whole like metamorphosis yes yeah, spoiler alert to your listeners um <laughs> turns out there was a happy ending I did fall in love again <laughs> check I did I did in fact with someone way hotter than my first husband as my first husband even acknowledged once he had to come over to sign we had to sign divorce papers when we finally decided to do the official divorce <laughs> and he came to the house that I had with my now husband and there was a photo of Dan on the wall and Dan as you know is a professional scuba instructor there was a photo of him on the wall you know just in board shorts scuba <laughs> on a boat something and even my he had you know the six pack back then and the of tattoos course. and all that and even my husband was like is that him and I'm like yeah that's him and he's just like damn like that guy's a unit and I was like yeah he is <laughs> I was like yeah I did, I did good hey <laughs> so 
I have to say, I did feel pretty good that day. I was like, yeah. Oh, my new that would be a huge ego boost. <laughs> but yeah, spoiler alert, I did fall in love. Um, we had a baby. We lived overseas. We we got married. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> All of those things. All of All those the fun things. things. <laughs> oh, man. I know when, for me, how did you, well, I'll tell you my story yeah. and then I'll ask you. <laughs> so I had one of the things that helped me kind of like get through my divorce was dropping the bomb on people. Like I, my, the funnest thing going through my divorce was when people didn't know that we had like broken up. Cause they didn't like do like a formal announcement or anything. So people at work would be like, Oh, so like, how's your husband? And I was like, Oh, you didn't know he cheated on me and we're getting a divorce. And it would take all of the pressure off the situation from me because like, then I wouldn't be upset and it would be all on the other person who just felt so fucking awkward for asking the question and I loved it. Like it was like the best part of the whole process. <laughs> I love that little passive aggressive thing in you. You're oh, just yeah. like <laughs> just Oh, you didn't know? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> How did you cope with like people like spreading that message? I unfortunately did not have the same experience. Um, my husband, uh, my husband and I had been together for 10 years from well, almost 10 years. So we'd built a life. We had all joint friends. We had, we were both godparents to our, our godson, you know, and he was only mm. little, like we had, we'd bought a house. We'd just bought a house the year before, um, which I later found out he'd been planning to leave me for a little while, but he waited because he wanted me to buy the house. I needed to buy it in my name because he had bad debt and bad history. Um, so he needed to buy, we needed to buy a house in my name with my, you know, record. And um, he knew I was going to be going to uni at the beginning of 2010 and finishing my full-time job. So his plan, it turns out, to digress off the side here, his plan was we buy the house and then I go to uni and then he knew that I wouldn't be able to afford when he left me, I wouldn't be able to afford to pay him out for the house or take over the mortgage because I was a full-time uni student. So then he knew that he would get the house as well, which he, oh ended, my up, God. Yeah, he ended up doing. It. Oh, yeah. The levels of how premeditated this ended up being was was beyond for even me. That's, so, oh um, yes. So, yeah, for, for me, it wasn't because when we, when we first split we first separated I just thought it was a trial separation like something's up with you you just need some time away so I'm gonna go stay at my parents and you know we'll get we'll catch up again in like two weeks time or three weeks time and we'll sort it out like you know hey we, we said vows we love each other it's a rough patch but we'll make it work as I said I did not know about anyone else on the side at this stage like completely clueless um, and then, yeah, we had our little sort of, you know, time apart for two weeks. And then when we caught up and I was like, yep, cool. Are you, are you ready to go? And he's just like, I don't want to be married to you anymore. Um, so that was really, really heartbreaking in itself. Mm. Um, and then I, about three weeks later, so I stayed at my parents about three weeks later. I was I drove up to the house during the middle of the day. So I was like, look, I've got to go and pick up a few things because obviously I hadn't moved everything out. Yeah. Pick up a few things, check my mail, all of that. And I walked into the house and I remember I walked into the kitchen and there was a like a G-string, like a really like young looking, you know, like lacy, <laughs> bubblegummy looking G-string. And I'm just like on the table and I'm like, that's not mine. And then I walked on the upstairs. table. How unsatisfying! Yeah, I know. 
Gross. <laughs> on the breakfast bench. Ew. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I, I walked in and there they were in bed um, together in my house. Um, he oh, had taken the day off, off work to... <laughs> Have some afternoon Jesus. delight, I suppose. Um, so yeah, I and I do remember her lying there, keeping her eyes closed. And I'm like, don't pretend to be asleep, honey. Like, um, but yeah, I, I I didn't. That was the moment that broke me. Um, mm. It had been bad enough knowing that my husband didn't want to be married to me anymore, but to know that he, what I thought was three weeks later, already had someone else, and then it unfolded that they'd been flirting and talking for like the past eight months or whatever or however long three months or whatever it was um and then probably about another month or two later i was on my second prac as a uni student uh at a school i was teaching grade five i want to say and i woke up i pulled into the school one day got a message from someone like facebook message i didn't recognize and it was this girl who said you don't know me um but i'm just like letting you know that your husband it was cheating on you for the last three years of your marriage. And I know this because it was me. I was his mistress. We worked together, blah, 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 blah. Like, just wanted you to know sort of thing. And I'm just like, Fuck. what? What is not Like, this has got to be, like, bullshit. This has got, like, come on. He wouldn't have done this. Like, this is so low. And then she, I said, like, I need proof. And then, yeah, she was able to rattle off details of our life that were incredible incredibly personal that we'd never told anyone um she was able to give details of everything from like what my card looked like she said the amount of times i almost caught them i'd be driving into our driveway like underground we lived in apartments and she'd be like sneaking out the front um she had all these details and she said yeah for three years they'd been um he'd say he had to go away for work and he'd like go and spend it with her and like, he had a secret credit card, everything, to pay for everything. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then for that final, like, oh, I'm still, like, I can't believe this. I need proof. Um, she sent me a piece of proof, and it was a uh, a video that they had made. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, that kind of video. So um, that was a fun <laughs> clip to, to receive. And I remember I emailed it to my husband. Oh, I said first, you know, like, did you cheat on me? Do you want to explain this? And he's like, nah, nah, like, it's not true. I didn't do that, rah, rah, rah. And then I, I gave him a few chances and then I just emailed him the clip and I just said, you disgust me. And then, yeah, he finally, like, came around a few days later. He's like, yeah, it was me. And I'm like, yeah, no shit, dude. I know what your dick looks like. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was you. But, um, yeah, long story short, it turns out that he told her he was going to leave me for her. He ended up leaving both of us for this new girl, so she wanted to get her revenge and um, on him by Jesus. outing him to me. Um, so, yeah. So, in sorry, in response to your original question, how was I in telling people? Uh, I did not enjoy no. any of it because every time, like, it just kept getting worse and worse mm. and worse. So, yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty heartbreaking, pretty hard, divvying up the friends. Mm. That was another yeah. thing, you know, you had team him, team me. We didn't want that. We said to everyone, you know, but I was lucky. I managed to walk away with, like, our godson and, and all those friends who are still my my mates today, like, you know, with, and they're godparents to my son, so that's wonderful. But, um, yeah, that was really hard, having to do the dividing of, like, the social mm. life. And, um, 
Yeah. That's crazy. And having to explain that to people, you know. Like, yeah. Where is your husband? Um. <laughs> yeah. Do you want the long or the short of it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I – so – my story is somewhat similar, but no, nowhere near as fucking horrific. So my husband was over in England playing cricket on like a cricket scholarship type thing. And he had been like messaging me being like, oh, like I'm hanging out with this girl, like, but like in like a dismissive kind of like, oh, you know, she's six years younger. Like, you know, it's just like a little sister kind of thing. And, you know, I'm just so bored and lonely here. Like I'm just hanging out. And I distinctly remember sending him a message being like, if you're fucking cheating on me, your shit will be on the front lawn as soon as I find out. And like him being like, no, 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 no. Like it's not like that at all. Like we're just mates. She's got a boyfriend. They're saving for a house. She's excited for you to come over and visit. Like she wants to be your best friend. And like, I still vividly remember before, because I went over for six weeks, but before I went on that trip, there was a whole bunch of like guys in my work and we were stalking her Facebook being like, what do you think? Like, is something going on? And they're like, nah, there's nothing to worry about. Like, she looks like she's in love with her boyfriend and like all of her posts, like there's a couple with just like your husband, but like they don't, they seem friendly. And I was like, okay, like all good, like whatever. I fly over. I, he picks me up from London and we were like in down in Cornwall. So it was like a five hour drive. He picks me up and I was, it took forever to get through like customs. Like I was one of the last people off the plane. Like my bag was already like taken off the conveyor belt. Like it was so, it took me so long. Get there, get my suitcase, like go out to him. And he's like, get in the car. Like we, I've been waiting for so long. Like it wasn't even like a, I haven't hey, seen honey, you in months. Like, like you're flying across yeah. the world. Yay, yeah. I miss you. No. None of that. Just like, quick, get in the car. I've got a coffee. It's cold now. You took so long. It's like, I'm here. Yay. And so we drive the five hours down to Cornwall. And then I'm like, oh, I need a nap. And he's like, no, we've got to go to the pub for dinner. Like, this girl's waiting to meet you. And like, we're staying at these people's houses. We need to have dinner with them. I'm like, okay. Drag my like self to dinner. I'm just exhausted. And like, I'm already kind of like, what is going? Like, it seems flirtatious and it's like ah no he keeps saying like nothing it's fine it's fine it's fine then the next day he was playing cricket and he's like it's okay she'll pick you up there's a festival in town you guys go and spend the day together and I was like cool and like all day she's just like gushing about him her boyfriend's there and he's kind of like oh like do they talk like about each other to you and I was like yeah but he's like oh like I'm sure it's fine like I'm like around at times I'm like so she's okay. gushing about your husband in front of her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Red flag. Like red flags. Red flags. Everywhere. <laughs> Wave that red flag, bitch. Mm-hmm. They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> oh, oh and hindsight. Then, oh, I know. And so I was there for six weeks. And when I was planning to go over, I was meant to be going to Edinburgh to see one of my friends and go to the like the fringe festivals there and he's like you meant to be coming to visit me and like gave me this huge guilt trip about like don't plan other trips while visiting me so i stupidly cancelled my trip to iceland and my trip to edinburgh not iceland i know like my two bucket like i they've been on my bucket list for fucking ever like i want to see the northern lights so bad and edinburgh fringe is like ultimate goals of world and i Young and dumb. Young and dumb. Never again will I cancel something for a man. <laughs> but anyway, so then um, each morning I would wake up and they're already texting each other. 
And then he's like, oh, we're going to breakfast, but, like, she'll meet us too. And it's like, well, is her boyfriend coming? He's like, oh, no, he's got to work. But, like, she – like, so that we I third-wheeled my husband and his mistress for six fucking weeks. <laughs> and then his mum came over too. And his mum hated me always but instantly loved her and, like, her family and all this kind of stuff. I even had dinner with her family on, like, my last week there. So, like, they were even aware that he was married. So fucking bad. Anyway, so my very last day in Cornwall, I wanted to go to St. Ives. And St. Ives is this beautiful place. Like, it's stunning. It's on the coast. It's, like, very touristy, but it's gorgeous. And he's like, oh, I don't want to pay for parking. Like, it's such a, like, pain in the ass to go to St. Ives. How about I just drop you there and I'll pick you up? And I was like, well, fuck it, whatever. So it's like, I'll meet you here at 12 o'clock and I will have my day in St. Ives by myself while I'm into them fly home and, like, not see my husband for a couple of months. But, you know, whatever. So go to St. Ives, have a lovely day, go to the meeting point at 12. He's not there. I call him. He's like, oh, sorry, I got stuck at this girl's house. I'll be there in, like, 45 minutes. Okay. Cool. He's also with his mum and she was like at the and she's like, oh, like, so sorry. Like, we got caught up. We were picking berries and then we had some morning tea. Oh, I bet someone was picking some berries. Mm. Right. I was like, oh, my God. And, like, I was just like, okay, like, this is fine. And then, like, was like we, he drove me up to London and I was like, what is going on? And he's like, nothing's going on. You know, everything's fine. Like, you're reading too much into this. You're reading too much oh, into gaslighting! this. gaslighting! Yeah! Uh, yeah! Gaslighting. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It's like, cool. I'm yeah. not crazy. I'm not crazy, I promise. Oh, no, you are. You are crazy. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's all you. Mm-hmm. It's in your head. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then we go home, and then he, when he gets back from London, I pick him up. Because, like, we're living together. We're married and everything. Pick him up from the airport. Doesn't give me a kiss. Then, like get some he's like i just want to have a shower and like i was like oh like i'll come in and like talk to you he's like no 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 like it's fine and like we never used to shut the bathroom door for, like obviously the toilet yeah. door but not the bathroom door and he shuts that i'm like everything just feels the vibe off. is off man the vibe is so off. off and even the dog wouldn't go near him like she was just like mm, i don't know it literally took four days for him to be like yeah i'm gonna go back to england and i was like why and he's like, I just like it better over there. And I was like, I can't do this again. Like, I can't do long distance. And he's like, well, like, I guess it's over then. I'm like, uh, Wow, tell us how you really feel, mate. Right? <laughs> right? Oh and then he, like, goes and, like, goes to stay with his mum's house. And I was like, what the fuck? And then so I dug dived into his emails like a couple days later to find like all the emails back and forth and like sexy lingerie being like I'd love to see you in this. It's like Um confronted him about it. He's like, nah, 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 nah. It's not like that at all. Like s- took him well over 18 months to ever admit it. I there was pictures of them on Facebook that Christmas together. And it's like I can see the pictures. Just don't <laughs> understand how they think that we're like dumb yeah <laughs> i was trying to think crazy. of something but yeah dumb <laughs> like really yeah yeah it's insane my god but he didn't tell any of his friends that we broke up i was like 
So I had a friend that was friends with like all of his like cricket friends and she was like spoon feeding information into them to be like, no, they're not together anymore. And like he cheated and all this kind of stuff. And then one day I made a like a joke to one of our shared friends about like it. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, he doesn't live here anymore. He's living at his mum's place. We broke up. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, call him. Wow. Um, and then she messaged me. She's like, I'm so sorry. Like, he hasn't told anyone. It's like, cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny how they can, um, yeah, yeah. That's all I could, yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I, I have to say, I, one of the things that you just said then that resonated for me was when you said that you gave up your ticket to go to, like, Edinburgh and Iceland mm. and that you were like, I will never give up something for a man again. And it's funny because I did the same when I met my husband when I was almost 18. I'd planned, I was like going, I was going overseas. I'd left uni, I started uni and went, no, I'm going to go out in the world, get some experience. And I was like, going to go to England, uh, want to go work in a pub, you know, because it was 2001 and that's what we all Mm. wanted to do in 2001. We want to go to London, work in a pub. Mm. And, um, yeah, like that was my big thing because I wanted to go to Paris. I wanted to go to Paris to see the Eiffel Tower since I was seven years old and I did a project on it for school and I was obsessed. I was like, I just need to do that. And that was what I was going to do. Go work in the pub, go to Paris on the weekend, you know, sort of thing. And yeah. when I met my husband, I told him that was my plans, what I wanted to do, and he was like, don't go. Stay here with me, but we'll go together. Like, let's do it together in like a year or so. And I was just like, okay, cool. Because he was five years older than me. So let's say, Mm. so I was 17 and he was 22, about to turn 23. Um, So I was like, okay, cool. We never went anywhere. We never, we never even left Australia. Like we never went anywhere. We, we didn't. So I remember part of when I got my um, settlement from from him, financial settlement, which was an absolute pittance. Um, <laughs> he gave me my first home buyer's grant back. That's oh, what that's, that's what he gave me him. back. He gave me that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's what you get for ten years. Apparently, you're only worth fourteen thousand um, dollars after ten <sighs> years of service. So FYI, anyone <laughs> out there, that that's what the going rate was back in 2011 for a 27 year old who. Given ten years, um, and after Inflation I paid off, at least twenty now. Yeah, <laughs> come on, inflation. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I remember like after I you know paid off my debts and stuff like that, I bought myself a ticket and I went to England. I went to Europe uh, and I went to Paris. And when I saw the Eiffel Tower for the first time and I stood there and it was right in front of me, I literally fell to my knees on like the viewing deck platform thing whatever in all these crowds in summer and I just I sobbed and I was literally hysterically crying and I still have a photo of me I took a selfie it was like good old camera you know your little Fuji (laughs) whatever cameras we had you know in 2012 because we were cool um and yeah I fell to my knees and I was crying and I was sobbing and I actually took a photo of me with the Eiffel Tower right there in the background and I'm bright red and I'm wearing my glasses um and I'm just all red and blotchy and the and the, you know it's I'm wearing like a olive green jumper and it's not like a great photo it is blurry and it's whatever but every time I see it I remember the significance of that moment because mm. I finally got to do something on my own that I had been waiting you know I'd been waiting 21 years to see the Eiffel Tower I was 27 28 by 28 by then 
I'd waited that long to see it. And it was also the moment that I finally forgave my husband. I actually remember going, crying and just going, I forgive you, I forgive you a million times over because it was worth it for how good this feels right now that I finally, I'm here in Paris and I'm on my own and I'm doing it and you haven't stopped me. I haven't allowed you to stop me. I haven't allowed me to stop me. And I'm finally seeing it and it is beautiful and it is everything I wanted. And I, I forgive you. I forgive you a million times over everything. It was worth it. You know, mm. like, yep, just, I forgive, I forgive. And it was, it was like my favorite moment, you know, and I still 10 years later, look back on that and go like, that was the moment that I, I really pivoted. Um, mm. yeah, really sort of changed. I'd gone from being in mourning almost. Um, and I wasn't in mourning after that. I I really wasn't. It <laughs> that made me cry. <laughs> um, it's so beautiful because it is. It's that reckoning and that like appreciation for the life that you now have. Yeah, <laughs> I finally. It was like taking coming up. I know this sounds like uh, it is a cliche, and it does sound cliche, but it was like coming up for air. I felt like mm. I'd been drowning, you know, for two years. And I came up for air and it was, I just knew, like, whatever life throws at me from now on, I'm going to be okay. Because I've mm. gone through all this and I honestly, I remember there were days where I was, like, put on suicide watch because, you know, it's like, I just would say, you know, a handful of pills would be a lot easier. You know, I just don't, how do I do this? I don't want to do this. Like, you know, my self-confidence mm. was was shot, you know. Like, this was a man who, he told me how to dress, you know, he told mm. me, how to act. He told me what to do. Like I'd grown up with him and modeling, you know, everything that he sort of told me. And here mm. I was, you know, on the other side of the world, just doing shit on my own. And yes, yeah, seeing that, seeing the Eiffel Tower, I said, just, oh, so it gives me, gives me like goosebumps thinking about it now. But yeah, <laughs> it has an effect on me too. Like it just, yeah, it's an amazing story. And like, so much growth and like I don't know like I have had like moments like that as well where you're just like yes but you're having them my- now you're I having them having now it. you lucky cow this is why we're having this conversation because you just keep going like on your trips and I'm just like Steph I'm super jealous because how you feel right now being so happy and free is how I felt 10 years ago when I was in Europe being happy and free like exactly I love that yeah. you're doing it like I am and like because obviously this is like, this is from a end of a fiance who was a fucking psychopath. But like I, I it is so free and so good to just like live your life and like be selfish and just make the decisions that like I don't know, I'm out there and I'm living life and like I'm going to America three times this year and like Yeah, I know, stop rubbing it in. <laughs> now you just brag at you, okay? Uh, just like a casual time. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> now you're just bragging. Now I'm just bragging. But like so like just to brag for a little bit longer. Um, my trip that I'm going back for for Christmas, I was meant to be spending with one of my friends over there. And I actually have decided to just like book a suite at like the Caesars Palace and just like have a like Christmas alone and just do my own thing with no obligation. And like I would have never, ever, ever mm. considered that as an option. And I'm so excited. Like, God, I'm excited. Can I come? <laughs> yeah, sure. Got a bathtub and everything and a view. No, I, I know what you mean. I, I know exactly what you mean. I had a Christmas in uh, 
New Hampshire. Um, like we'd Ooh. been in New York and then New Hampshire and had a white Christmas and all that sort of thing. And yeah, having having a nice Christmas overseas, you know, on your own doing what you want to do is always really awesome. But just the mm. fact that you're out there doing. Yeah, spoiler alert, listeners, Steph's been like living it up. So if you don't follow her on Instagram or have you, yeah, like where have you been? But yeah, she's living it up and traveling and I'm ridiculously, ridiculously jealous. <laughs> I'm living my best life. You are. But like that's the fun of it now. But like that's the thing though. Like you've come out of all the, wait for it, curves of your life. <laughs> and now like, you know, you get to sort of, you know, let's keep going with this metaphor. You're you're in control. You're steering. And if, you know, you get to mm. sort of navigate the twists and turns yourself. Seat shit. I really am a rider. I'm just taking – I'm are. milking this for all it's worth. <laughs> um, but, you know, I love that. Like that's – I feel like when you do the work after something as traumatic as getting divorced at a young age – and spoiler alert, it is fucking traumatic to get – it is embarrassing and it is mm -hmm. shameful and it is hurtful. And for all those people who I'm sure you got this, Steph, oh, you're young, you'll find another one, it'll be okay. It's kind of, you know, like, it's, no, you know, no one gets married with the intention of it's going to be over really, really quick, no matter how young yeah. we are. Yes, maybe we, you know, we're a little bit ill-advised in some of our choices, but... <laughs> That's life, man, you know, but mm. the amount of people who used to um, cut you off, like try and say that your trauma and your sadness um, weren't valid, I, I got that an awful lot. And oh, yeah. that hurts just as much as the pain of navigating, you know, mm. all the awkward things that, that pop up. And I feel that where you are now, where I am now, or where I was this time 10 years ago when I was traveling and all that, that's almost like the reward when you do the work, when you don't run into the arms of another man straight away, mm -hmm. um, trying to get them to save you or fix you. Um, when you sit there opposite the solicitor and you do the divorce paperwork and you, you take control of that. When you, you know, when you do the awkward, go out and have your first meal on your first date on your mm. own and you sit in the restaurant, the only single person there, and you eat, no phone, no no book, no whatever, and you do, when you do all that awkward stuff of changing your name, changing your marital status, mm. being rejected by online dating sites because you're still technically married, <laughs> yeah, that was another one. Um, when you, you do all that, that story. When, so good. when you do the work and you come out the other side and you've like learned and you've committed and you've just gone, nah, man, like that shit was fucked, but I've also learnt myself and I've figured out who I am and I now have non-negotiables about mm. what I will accept and what I won't accept from a partner, then, you know, that the reward is getting to fucking book a suite at Caesars at Christmas and do your <laughs> own thing. You know, the reward mm -hmm. is... Being able to, you know, do whatever it is you want, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing Ooh. it. I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. Good and there's also like little like things of rebellion. So like my my most recent ex hated nail polish. So like I paint my nails all the fucking time now. Oh, and yes. Like <gasps> Mine was I wasn't allowed white sheets. So Why? I was because I was always told you're just going to make a mess. Like you're really clumsy. You're really you're like you're just going to make a mess of them. So no white towels, no white sheets, no white doona. We just like no. It's just it's too much hard to clean. And you're and I'm just like I have OCD. Like it's going to be anyway. We weren't allowed white 
So now, like, I'm this is my spare room, okay? So, as I said, I'm coming to you from my makeshift office while mine's under construction, <laughs> but white. Everything Stunning. now is white. My sheet, the day, like, I went out, I bought me new white sheets and white doona, and it's always been white, and I love it because every time I'm just like, yeah, look at me, I've kept my white white. <laughs> I got tattoos. I started getting tattoos, you know, like that was actually, that was my tattoo. I got, um, that was my divorce tattoo. My first one, let your joy rise to the surface. It's very old and whatever now, but that was my first tattoo to sort of, you know, Mm -hmm. rebel and be like, nah, man, you can, shit might be hard, but whenever I used to look at that, I'd be like, yeah, put a smile on your dial and you'll get over this. But Mm -hmm. Yeah. I got my nipple pierced recently because I was like, you know what? Oh. He was so like anti like anything sexy. And I was like, I'm going to be like the sexiest badass there is. And I have a nipple piercing now and I fucking love it. Look at <laughs> you go. <laughs> Miss Confetti Curves. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> Some bling on the boobs. One of the most satisfying moments for me was when I uh, came back home from my travels and living overseas and studying and all that. I was in my final year of university and I was living at a place in Miami on the Goldie and near the beach. It was very cool, very hipster, very, you know. Mm. And my husband called me out of the oh, – ex-husband – called me out of the blue and said, like, coming down the Gold Coast, can we catch up? And I was just like, okay, yeah, sure, mate. Like, fuck, whatever. And he came and, you know, he's sitting there. We're sitting by the pool at my house and he's like, so – he goes, so tell me, like, tell me what's been happening, you know, the last couple of years. And I did. I just was like, so I, you know, went backpacking. I set my face on fire in Austria. I, you know, slept my way around Europe for a year, <laughs> for a six month, or for, sorry, a summer. Then I went to Can- <laughs> Then I went to America and then I lived in Canada and then I did this. And then I've got, and he's just looking at me and he's like, you've got tattoos and you've done all this stuff and, you know, rah, rah, rah. and I'm just like, yeah. And I remember he just stopped and he stared at me and he was just like, you are not the girl that I married. And I went, no, man, I'm not. And can I just say, thank fuck. Like, right? <laughs> you know, it's, um, mm. that was pretty rewarding to see him just kind of go like, wow. And that's why it was for me also to go like, you know, and I, and I, that's when I said to him, like, I forgive you. I said, by the way, mate, like I forgave you in Paris. And all that. I said, look, what you did was still shitty. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't condone it, but I forgive you. And I also, I guess, I used the time to reflect that while I was young and he was five years older than me, he was still only five years, like, retro- like I was 17, he was 22 when we got together. What? Who the fuck knows anything at 22? And, you know, he came with his own trauma from his childhood. And look, at the end of the day, we were just two people trying to do the best we could. Mm. And we we did get married too young and we, we grew up together in a time where we shouldn't have been growing up together, you know. So, look, you know, I tried to bring a bit of perspective. I wasn't the world's best wife at times. I had my demons. He had his, you know. So, you know, I said, like, I forgive you. And he said, I, I and that's when he apologised to me. And he said, I am so sorry, he goes, for what I did and how I, but he goes, I should never have done it that way. And I was like, no, I appreciate that. But he did. He apologised, um, you know, so it's all water, water under the bridge. He's still with um, the girl I found in uh, in his bed. They've been together 10 years now. Um, they're engaged, I believe. I've heard that through the grapevine. Don't know if they're married or whatever, but, you know, um, mm. very happy. But, however, I have to say a little bit of karma did come his way in regards Ooh. to the house. So the house that we bought that he kept, because he did mm. say, look, you either... Go back to university. He goes, you've got two choices with this. Um, 
You either quit university and go back to working full-time in your corporate job to earn the money to pay the mortgage, like take it off me and buy me out, or you sign over your rights to the house and I will take care of the mortgage. Like, And this was back when the market was shit. You couldn't sell it like you wouldn't have made mm. anything. So anyway, I signed it all over, blah, 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 blah. The good, I'm going to say karma happened. I heard <laughs> through the great wall, he actually, he told me a few years later, said, oh, how's the house going? And he said, um, well, I rented it out because they went and bought another place. Uh, and it turns out that the people he rented it to um, were thieves. They were robbing the neighborhood. So one, they, so that was like their base camp and they were going around and robbing houses in the neighborhood. Plus they were also cooking drugs from the house or something. <laughs> Um, so it got raided and everything, and then they also went back and destroyed it. Like, they ripped everything, kicked holes in the wall, like, trashed the house. So he's like, oh, yeah, it cost me X amount of money to fix, and I had to get all lot like, people to come. And... and I did the whole, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But on the mm. inside, I was just like, karma's a bitch. <laughs> oh, dear. No, I can't really feel that bad, but... Yeah. Anywho. That's so funny. That, that was a little, that was just a cherry for me. You know, mm. I was like, oh, just karma, karma. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> good time. Got to take the little wins where you can get them. <laughs> <laughs> but look, I, I wish them well. I wish them happy. Mm. But I'm also really grateful that's like part of my life that's closed now. I often sometimes think, especially now, you know, it's been 10 years and all the memories pop up <sighs> of me traveling. And I think, wait, I traveled? Wait, why? Oh, that's right. I traveled to get over my divorce. Oh, that's right. I was married beforehand. I had this. It, it feels like it was a movie I watched once upon a time. Mm. Like, not my life. Yeah. I was really fortunate that my. <laughs> fortunate, I guess, is the word I'm using. Uh, my sister went through a divorce a very, at the exact same time. Like, her and her husband broke up like a month after my. I was about to say his name. My husband and I. Yeah. And so we were kind of. Like, hers was so much more horrific. Like, it just was terrible yeah. i had kind of like accepted it was fine but we ended up going on a sister trip together and we called it our passport farewell to us so we could like change our names and we went to la we went to disney we went to oh. vegas and it was just, like it was only 10 days but it was the first time we had traveled overseas together and like the memories that i have from that trip like just so many like dumb silly things and it was like if we hadn't gone through that we would have never traveled together and, and, and a, had these memories what a wonderful gift to have been able mm. to give each other yeah it was amazing god i have to say like i'm ter i'm sorry that your sister went through it but that was one thing i always wished i wished i'd had someone to go through my divorce with me um like mm. i'm not saying it's great that you and your sister got you know but <laughs> in a way i'm just like oh at least you had someone there who would have understood i never mm. i didn't get that and i that was the thing that i really struggled with the most like none of our friends were divorced um you know, yeah. and my parents were divorced, um, but my mum left my dad, and that was after 22 years of marriage, and that's because, quite frankly, he deserved it, you know. So, <laughs> it, you know, when my mother would try and, you know, relate to me, I was like, mum, it is very different when you are the lever to being the levy, you know, mm -hmm. terrible English there, but you know what I mean? <laughs> it's quite different to – it's a more empowered position to be the person who leaves – and then it's the person who's left behind. I said, it's a completely different power dynamic. It screws with you psychologically. So it's not like, sure, we're all fruit, but you're apples and I'm oranges. You mm. know what I mean? And that was probably one of the hardest 
things when people would try and relate their story and they were all in their 50s or mm. 60s and they'd had 20 odd years of of marriage and I was just like I I, I got like not even it. five and it turns out he was unfaithful for three of them what the fuck dude like mm. yeah yeah and I, my favorite line was always like well at least you don't have kids oh You're like, mm. yes don't just validate my feelings because I don't have children. Like Yes. Yes. No, I, I do. I remember that. It, and you know what, though? I have to say, I often did say, though, I am grateful I'm doing this without children because mm. I have a child now with my husband um, that was not planned for and that was a complete surprise. Um, but I, knowing now what motherhood is like, I am so grateful that I had the space and the time to grieve my first marriage without mm. a child. Like I, any woman out there who is going through a divorce with children, like being a single mum, I take my I don't I don't only take my hat off to you. I take off everything, the whole fucking kit and caboodle, because how you get up and get through the day and 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 do everything you got to do as a mum and still find that time. I I, I don't know because I lost weeks to sitting on my bedroom floor in my parents' house with my puppy by my side, listening to, like, songs from our wedding on repeat while I smoked cigarettes and cried and drank straight from the vodka bottle. Like, fucking hell. Like, mm. who, you know, if you have kids, you don't get to do that. So that's so true. Yeah. So, and you also got to deal with your ex for the rest of your fucking life. That too. Yeah. That too. Yeah. Like having that connection. So I'm super glad I didn't have that. Um, mm. Yeah. I like my, I like my little fan bam I've got now. So yeah, it's all worked out, but um, oh yeah, those, those, that first year was just so hard. But as I said, I think that it is, you can choose to see it as a lesson. You can choose to see it as an opportunity. And I know it's so much easier to say it from the other side. Mm. Um, but it is. It's so true. It's, it is hard and it's horrible and all that. But if you can get through, um, yeah, good shit is going to happen. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you're it becomes proof. a gift. You're proof like of that. I'm mirror. proof of that. Like, we're <laughs> yeah. all proof of that. And, yeah, now, look, you know. Happily married. I've been with my now husband. We've been married for almost two years, but we've been together coming up to nine years and we've lived overseas and we've traveled and scuba dived all over the world and, you know, done all sorts of crazy adventures and we're still best mates. And That's magic. Yeah. So That's what you want. Yeah. But, you know, I'd still, like, be happy to take a vacay from that and go to Caesars with you. So, <laughs> well, come on over. <laughs> I got to ask you a question. I know we've been mm. chatting forever, but you know, fuck it. Mm. Hey, yeah. Out of that bucket list that you wrote, what was your favorite thing to tick off? I know that's hard. That's like asking what's Ooh. your favorite kid. But seriously, like when you think about it, what were some of the big like, like what was like your favorite thing that you were like, yeah, man, like fuck, I did that. I think so. One of my things was to run five k's. And I've never been. Why would you want to run anywhere? Oh, I don't know. But I was so proud of myself. Like I Bless learned you. how to run, and I ran my first ever fun run. And I loved getting up at five o'clock in the morning and going for a run. I know it sounds ridiculous, but for Who me, it was this you? kind of like I took like real control of my and I loved it. And like I've got fucked knees, 
and I'm using that as my excuse to not do it now. Um, but like it was, I just loved it. And I loved the mental clarity that came with it. Like sometimes I would cry on a run and I just felt like it was my like pre-therapy therapy. Mm. Yeah, no, I get that. It's empowering. Mm. I couldn't like run a kilometer. I couldn't even run a hundred meters now. But at the time I was super fucking proud of it. <laughs> I'm proud of you too. I have a firm rule. I don't believe in running unless you're running for last call at the bar if you're running for a plane because you're missing your flight or if you're running yeah. for your life they're the only three times where running is acceptable i say but and an ice cream truck <laughs> yeah no I, I, I might waddle for the ice cream truck maybe a brisk walk but even i wouldn't run for ice cream beer yes ice cream no yeah. but yeah no nah. <laughs> what was, was your paris your like ultimate kind of I've, i'm here and i've made it yeah yeah like the whole you know backpacking Europe that was a big one for me like the whole going overseas by myself with a backpack and I actually like went with a very minimalist backpack I didn't take you know lots of makeup or curling irons or hair straighteners I did like nothing I I did backpack I wore the same you know shorts and t-shirt ad nauseum with a pair of (laughs) Havianas like I I wanted to see if I could go out in the world with minimal stuff and figure shit out and believe me I had lots of crazy big shit happened to me on my way but yeah um the Paris one was probably that was probably huge for that moment um studying abroad was another big one because I remember I had brought it up with my husband once when I'd started uni in that last year of our marriage and I said oh we can I can do an exchange and how could that we could go to Canada and like live over there and he was like well, you can go, but I'm not. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, we could get, like, I'd, you know, be, like, a free trip for me and then, like, we could pick somewhere and, you know, you could work or do whatever. And he was just like, yeah, no, nah, I don't want to go. You go. And I'll be here when you get back. And I remember thinking, hey, you're my husband. Like, that's weird. Mm. Like, you're okay if I go and live – well, it turns out he would have been okay if I could go <laughs> somewhere for six months. But mm. doing that, living on my own in another country, oh, that yeah. was also – really big and I didn't go and live in like the fun part of Canada as in like Banff or you know I went to Nova Scotia oh yeah I went to a t- why Nova Scotia <laughs> yeah um they had a university there that offered education and I could go and do my third year into third year of uni there they were happy to have mm-hmm. me and like align with what I needed and um yeah it was in a small town called Antigonish which was like i don't know i want to say like 3 or 4 hours outside of Halifax which is the capital so for anyone listening who doesn't know Nova Scotia is like the like east 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 coast of Canada um just right near our friends in Newfoundland so um <laughs> i was actually closer to Greenland than i was to Australia so that was really weird <laughs> But, yeah, I lived in a tiny town, um, college town, and that was a lot of fun and went uni there and um, had a great time. But, yeah, that living overseas was a huge one too. That's amazing. I just thought of another one for me as well. Every time I've gone through a breakup, I've redecorated a room in my house. Oh, that's cute. And it's always been, like, something that, like, the most recent ex would fucking hate. So, like, when my husband and I broke up, I painted my kitchen purple and it's got, like, all sorts of, like, random shapes and colours on the wall and it's incredible. And I remember he came over to pick something up and he's like, what the fuck is with the kitchen? I was like, isn't it incredible? Like, it is like it's my favourite room of the house. It's got glitter grout and I love it. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. 
And like my most recent ex, I now have a glitter wall in my dining room. And I saw when you <laughs> post about that and I was like, you go, girl. You get your glitter on. Mm-hmm. So I just need to go through breakups to like keep finding like new inspiration to decorate the house. <laughs> oh, goodness. <sighs> what what a twisty, turvy, curvy, you know, like, mm. yeah, it's one of those things that turning, I turn 40 next year and, you know, obviously it's just you get to that stage, you think about a lot of stuff and obviously, you know, what's prompted all this is that it's 20, 2022 now. So obviously 10 years ago I was traveling and living overseas and so I'm getting all the flooding. Like what was it? <laughs> I think last last week it was all the uh, America and then mm. this week it's I've, I'm in Halifax and now it's the first, which means it's fall over there, which means this fall semester starting. So I'll get all the, you know, oh, look at me mm. in my university and look at me <laughs> navigating Walmart and Sobeys and look at me at a hockey game and all those memories come up and I'm just like, man, I'm so fucking proud of myself that I went and did that. And mm-hmm. yeah, I have to say it's one of the things um, when people say, oh, you know, I want to have a baby. You know, or I don't know if I want to have a baby. Oh, but I'm getting old and all that. I always say to people, try, try and pick like say the top three things you want to do in life, like your bucket list. Like you can't do all of them. Try and pick your top three things because you need to do them before you have a kid. Because when you are nursing that kid at two a.m., you're sitting on the couch and your boobs are leaking and <laughs> the kid's feeding and you you just want to die because you're so exhausted. Like there's no exhaustion like it. And you're just sitting there and the responsibility and you just, you just don't want to look at that baby and resent them. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I'm so grateful for. I went and did so much and I've done so much that I was able to get through those nights. I'd be looking down at Reef and I'd be going, you know what, kiddo, like this is hard. But one, I've been through hard, hard things before, so I'm resilient. <laughs> but also, yeah, like I'm glad I've gone and done a lot of cool stuff because mm-hmm. I don't resent you. So, yeah, go and do cool things before you have kids. You'll, you'll need exactly. that. And you're going to be his inspiration to do cool shit when he's older as well. Be like, my mum did this. I so hope like, so. I, yeah. I often say to Reefy, would you like to go to Europe with mama? I'll go backpacking. You want to go backpack? He's four, so he's just like, backpack? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it give me a bluey backpack. Backpack? But yeah, so I hope so. I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope he just doesn't have to get his you know heart absolutely trodden on and trampled in the process. But yeah. We all get there. We all do. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Well, thank you so much for being here. I This has been one of my favourite, like, I know it's been quite heartfelt and you even made me cry with, like, how emotional I got. But mm. this has been so incredible. And thank you so much for sharing, like, all the nitty gritty. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, I said I'm a storyteller by profession and I figure I've got enough of them. If it helps anyone, <laughs> if it either entertains or helps someone learn a lesson or helps someone, you know, wipe the cookie crumbs off their boobs and get off the couch and go and book a ticket somewhere, then it's all been yes. worth it. But thank you for Pick having me, you know. No, anytime. Any stories you want to stare, oh, share, yeah. anytime. <laughs> oh, honey, just book me in. <laughs> Uh, thank you. My pleasure, Steph. Thanks. Um, before you go, guys, I just wanted to let you know that I am releasing a Kickstarter in September for Confetti Curves, which is the bra and underwear company I'm launching for big boobies and round booties. It's all about fun and colour and having your big boobs supported in a wire-free way and having some matching undies that you actually want to wear 
every single day. So so make sure that you're like you know as soon as we launch the Kickstarter and you can be one of the first to pre-order. Follow us on Confetti Curves and also join our mailing list at confettiscurves.com.au and you'll get um, added to our email list so that you know all of the things that are going on with Confetti Curves. It's going to be so fucking incredible and you're going to want to be a part of the first launch. So I hope that you want to get involved and I'll see you on socials or on the newsletter. If you just had as much fun as we did, come follow us on Instagram at Confetti Curves, leave a five-star review and subscribe so you never miss an episode.